Hello. Good afternoon, everybody. I am Sharon Roberson Pender and president and CEO of the Capital Region Minority Supply Development Council. I'm also the operator of the U.S. Department of Commerce, Virginia Minority Business Development Agency, the first MBDA center in the history of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Capital Region Minority Supply Development Council, or CRMSDC, as we're also known, is one of 23 regional affiliates of the National Minority Supply Development Council, the nation's premier agency for certifying minority-owned businesses across the country. We certify, develop, advocate um, for these businesses. This year is especially special, if that's a word, especially special, because we're excited because we're celebrating 50 years of develop, developing, advocating, connecting minority businesses with contracting opportunities within the private sector. This month, we're celebrating Women's History Month. And over the last few weeks, we've been telling her story. Today, however, we are speaking with Andromami Kumarin. But in case you missed any of those exciting, awesome, beautiful stories over the last month, go to our website, crmsdccares.com, and you can catch um, any previous um, podcast recording, any of our webinars. But I'm telling you, this History Month, as we told her story, has been like none other. Don't, you know, hear me today, believe me tomorrow. I'm telling you, you, you want to go check that out. We're in our second season of this podcast, and we're enjoying our hot um, chat podcast discussions. But before we get started with our conversation with Anne, let me take time to recognize some of our title sponsors. Our title sponsors include the Exelon Company, which includes BGE, an Exelon Company, Pepco, an Exelon Company, Capital One, and Ampcus. Collaboration Redefined. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Of course, our MBDA Center and SB and Company, another one of our premier minority businesses. Anne Ramakumaran is founder and CEO of Amcus Inc. and is a technology savvy entrepreneur with more than 20 plus years of design, development, and delivery of innovative and leading edge technology solutions, and human capital management across the globe. Under her leadership, she has cultivated Amcus and Amcus Group of Companies into a, a fast-growing consulting and professional services organization. Now, we could be here, be here just another day or two or week if we talk about all of Anne's accomplishments, but we try to, try to ziplock that into like a small sampling. So just understand that's just a sampling. Over 12 consecutive years, she was honored as one of the 50 fastest growing women-owned and women-led businesses um, in the CONUS by the uh, Women's President Organization, WPO. Um, Amcus has made the Inc. 500 slash 5000 list and has been recognized as a top diversity business and was also awarded Women in Technology Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur um, of the Year by um, WIT, which I believe is Women in Technology, and most recently was inducted into the Women Business Enterprise Hall of Fame. There's more. She, CRMSDC Supplier of the Year. She has been NMSDC Supplier of the Year, 
NMSDC MBE of the Year, MBDA Minority Business Enterprise of the Year. In 2019, AMCIS became part of the NMSDC Elite Corporate Plus programs. We're going to talk about that as well. MBDA 2020 uh, 2021 Minority Business Enterprise of the Year serves on several different boards, and we're blessed that she serves on our board. She is a speaker at numerous national and local and global conferences, um, and she has mentored. This is real important. I understand with all these um, um, accomplishments, she is the, the, one of the most generous people I've ever met. Um, she gives from the heart and the soul, and she has mentored seven several women and minority startups to help them grow in business. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, as they always say, how about we start talking to this magnificent woman, Anne Raman Kumaran. Hello, Anne. Hi, Sharon, and thank you so very much for your kind words and introduction, Sharon. I can't tell you how excited I am to be joining you on this podcast conversation. And what a great way to celebrate Women's History Month. I salute you for a great leader that you are, Sharon, and must say all those hot chat uh, podcasts have been great. So really thrilled and honored to be here this afternoon joining you, Sharon, on this podcast session. You know what, Anne, we are tremendously honored to have you. And I'm going to tell you why on several fronts. Well, first of all, that you've taken the time out of your very busy schedule to share and that what you come to the table with, you know, people can really um, benefit, you know, from those nuggets just, and you probably drop nuggets that you, you don't even know you drop, but we want to get into a conversation with you because it, it's just, um, magnificent to be able to talk to you and to to understand who you are and to also share your success and that journey. And, and that's what we want to talk about. So I, I certainly, I'm, I'm certainly grateful that you've opened yourself up to kind of sharing that information because we, we want to dig, in, dig into your DNA to see what we can walk away with because um, you have, you're definitely a, a blessed woman but more importantly, you continue to bless others. Okay, so thank you. So, Anne, um, I also want to mention that, as, as I mentioned, you're you're a member of our board of directors. But let's start out with you're an entrepreneur. You've been in, um you've been in business how long? Eighteen years. Eighteen years. Years. Yeah, that's okay. right. So, so you're a relatively young woman. Um, <laughs> I know you're married with with um, children, and we'll talk about that in a moment in terms of of balancing. But when did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Well, I think um, early on, right, Sharon? So uh, a little background about myself, Sharon. Uh, born and raised in a city called Pune in India, um, mm -hmm. which I'm, oh, I'm sure you're aware of the Bollywood city, Mumbai. So Pune is a city which is close to Mumbai. Um, and after my bachelor's and master's in business and commercial management, and after doing several courses on coding, um, started working for a headhunting uh, and a consulting firm, um, which focused on, you know, identifying uh, uh, resources and, uh, uh, you know, identifying heads for several business units and helping some of the U.S.-based companies as well as European companies. But you were doing operations in India, right? You were, you were in India when you were doing I was, it. I was, I was in, so I started my entrepreneurial journey here in the U.S. Okay. But I, you know, Yes, I would want to be an entrepreneur. That piece triggered when I was back in India. Okay. 
So, so after my bachelor's and master's, when I started working for this um, headhunting firm and a consulting firm uh, that you know focused on um, helping U.S.-based companies and European companies, uh, you know, build. Uh, and set up their operations in India, uh, my role was to identify um, and bring in uh, senior leaders like the CEO of Asia Pacific and the CEO or head of operations for several large businesses like GE, the associate, mm-hmm. and so on. And that's when I just realized, wow, what a great thing that would be if we think of bringing in people, process, infrastructure, innovation uh, together. If we bring all that together, we will continue to be market leaders and will continue to bring positive impact in the marketplace. Um, so fast forward, um, you know, came to the United States uh, 22 years ago. Um, after I Why got- did you come? Why did you come 22 years so, ago? So I got married and uh, I and my husband decided to move to the United States um, okay. and would, I would, would definitely say this, Sharon, this country is truly land of opportunities. Uh, there's so much that we all have learned and have achieved and still a long way to go, but uh, definitely uh, a place where we can all make our dreams come true. Um, so not to interrupt you, I just want to, because this is an important part. And so you, you, you all decided that, so you were doing all these things for another company. That's right. But then you were going to leave there. Where, did you have that? Um, did you have a job when you left there in in the U.S. or did you all just come on faith and decide? So how did you all make that decision and transition? Yeah, so Sharon, my husband did, um, and I, I joined him here, and okay. um, and why I started working for another startup, and then in two thousand four is when I you know realized and learned a lot you know about this 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 possible opportunities that exists out here. Um, and, and in 2004 timeframe is when Sharon and I just learned that there are so many corporations out there uh, that truly believe in supply diversity. That was the time when uh, members of corporate America agencies and nonprofits were looking for suppliers, um, you know, that were diverse. They were you know, putting policies in place to go ahead and increase their spend. And they were, and the ones who didn't have a policy in place were, you know, putting a policy in place so that they could go ahead and include diverse suppliers um, as, as part of their supply base. Um, mm-hmm. And what I learned then was, uh, Sharon, that there were a lot of companies that either existed providing business consulting services, there were many that provided technology solutions, and there were many that provided staffing services, but there weren't many that really existed then um, that focused on identifying what the business problem is and help them solve and navigate through that problem by infusing the right technology solution and help bring those projects to finish line by bringing in the right talent. Hence felt the need to start that company that would focus on providing business and technology um, consulting services, as well as focus on staff augmentation, which is human capital management. And here we are, um, 18 years in business. Uh, Today, uh, we employ close to 2,000 employees globally, um, continue to grow at a rate of 40% uh, year on year. Um, And uh, we support over 80 of the Fortune 100, Fortune 1000 corporations. And we are also prime to many of the federal agencies, uh, state and local, as well as nonprofits. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack. So let's let's wind back a, a bit. And so I, I certainly understand um, that you saw a niche and you saw a need and you kind of went after it. That was 18 years ago. And so when you started, did you start with um, a client? Did you start, I mean, how did you start the business? How did you, how did you fund it? 
started, um, started from scratch, mm-hmm. had about $10,000 of personal money. Okay. Uh, but it was easy to get capital, had started having conversation with the banks. Uh, but then, you know how it is, they would want, um, you know, uh, in, in order to fund you, they, they wanted to make sure that you tie your house to it. Um, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, I had started to have conversations with the banks um, and, and started, uh, you know, networking with uh, friends and family. And, um, you know, from a funding perspective, it was my own uh, personal money. Um, did not take home salary for the first six months, um, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and negotiated when I started working for uh, one of the healthcare companies who were looking to uh, bring in diverse suppliers to help them uh, with ERP projects. Um, you know, I, I, I negotiated the contract with them uh, so that we could get paid. And then once we get paid, we could go ahead and take care um, and pay our employees. Um, so uh, so well, when we look back, um, uh, you know, uh, it, it must say it has been an interesting uh, journey, Sharon. I would imagine how many employees did you start out with? Because you talked about 2000 now. Right. How many did you start out with? So so Shannon, I started off uh, myself for the first uh, six months and then, um, you know, uh, hired another part time uh, resource because I learned early on that if I had to focus in the business and start marketing, um, you know, I will need to be out there talking to people. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the same time, had to make sure that, you know, there's continuous pipelining on sales that's happening. So hired a part-time employee. Um, and then, uh, you know, when we started, um, when we started to see that they were, the pipeline was strong and there were more demand from an ERP perspective, started reaching out to, um, you know, some of the best consultants um, who could basically help uh, some of our clients navigate through their challenge and help them in their implementation. Um, so started off with one part-time employee and then that eventually grew. And that time, um, Sharon, they were clients were pretty open of bringing in um, not only just W2 employees, but also independent contractors. So okay. started off working with some independent contractors first, and then monies earned, Sharon, were reinvested back in the company. Um, and we then, you know, focused on bringing in um, in-house subject matter experts, um, you know, on, on uh, uh, bring them on our payroll, in addition to bringing in independent contractors. If you, 20 years is, is can be a long time, but it's a fast time. Can you remember when you crossed like your major threshold? Because some people say that the major threshold can be measured in dollars or the major threshold could be measured in um, a sense of, of, of growth of um, um, number of employees or acquisition. Do you remember some, some of your aha moments when, yes. you know, along the way, like, like in the first five years, kind of like what was that like? So Sharon, there were several aha moments, right? Mm-hmm. The first contract that I signed uh, with a healthcare customer, I thought, wow, this is it. You know, our life is going to be beautiful, <laughs> okay. right? Uh, but, then, but then you uh, start to realize the way the contract was written is that once we go ahead and complete uh, and help the client with that implementation, they would go ahead and convert our employees and contractors ah. uh, full-time, right? But okay. I, I um, you know, went through those uh, 
different lines within the contract and knew that's how it is going to be. Uh, but then again, right, I very early on knew I'm here to stay. My goal was to build an enterprise. Mm -hmm. um, so so because I knew uh, early on that's what the case is going to be, um, like I said, money's earned. We invested back in the company and started working, um, uh, you know, and started reaching out to other corporations that were looking um you know for erp resources so while we were providing solutions also decided to go ahead and help customers uh from a staffing perspective um and and in addition to uh this uh, healthcare company uh very soon signed up with a um you know consulting firm um and supported them from a human capital management perspective and from there on the journey has been great uh went ahead and then signed a um a contract with a telecom giant and from there on uh started to sign many other customers across industry segments and then in 2006 time frame um Sharon is when i realized we we were really doing well in the commercial space and in 2006 2007 time frame is when i realized we're so close to some of the key decision makers, the federal government, mm -hmm. right? Um, so why not take a plunge and, and explore the federal market? Uh, I, I learned early on that it's, it's a little different. Federal government works a little differently. The way they procure goods and services are, is a little different. Um, but but started working. All our commercial contracts were prime. But in, in 2006, 2007 timeframe, what we started to do is uh, started working um, as a subcontractor with um, a mid-size uh, federal contracting company, learned the federal landscape, and then started to go and bid on some of the smaller dollar value contracts as a prime. Mm -hmm. uh, started off bidding on contracts, which were $50,000 worth of contracts, and then slowly started to build the infrastructure to support federal customers. Um, and then, you know, step by step, right, started first bidding on a contract, which is worth a million dollars, uh, went up to $5 million, $10 million, and now we have contracts which are over with the federal government, which is over $40 million, right? Um, so, so, um, so, so definitely took that structured um, and strategic approach of Sharon, both for commercial as well as federal. So there were several, several aha moments, uh, Sharon. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to come back to, because you said some very key things. Um, and, and as people are listening to us um, and, and folks are trying to build their business, at what point did you outgrow your infrastructure? And then from a strategic standpoint, how often, I mean, did you, as you looked at, because I know there's a side of the business that's going to be always looking to meet payroll, always looking for that next relationship and contract and that kind of thing. But then there's that part at home, right? Um, meaning back at the business that I, I you know, if I'm bringing this stuff in, I got to make sure I can support it going out so that, so that my delivery channels work. I, I need to make sure that the basis is there. And so how did you, how did you, with that, with the fast growth, how did you balance that piece? Aaron, uh, because the goal was to continue to build an enterprise, mm -hmm. money is earned every single year, right? Money is earned after taking care of uh, employees, uh, salaries, bonuses, taxes, expenses, all the monies earned were reinvested back in the company. Okay. Uh, hence, hence did you look at that? Did you look at that from a percentage standpoint that um, if I brought this much money in, I'm investing, you know, was there a formula for you? 
Uh, there, there wasn't there wasn't really a formula, okay. uh, Karen. But 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 I knew uh, that you know if we had to take the business and move, uh, you know what because what we saw even from a commercial perspective was that Sharon, when clients were uh, earlier procuring locally, then they wanted the suppliers to support them nationally and then globally. So if mm -hmm. that was a trend, I knew that you know it's very important that we continue to invest not just in people but in process and infrastructure uh, and technology. Technology. Um, and then whatever solutions and services we provided, um, we had to make sure it's innovative uh, and innovation comes at a cost, Sharon. So, yeah. um, so, so that's why till date, uh, Sharon, money's earned uh, once after taking care of all, everything, um, it's reinvested back in the company, um, you know, uh, so, so, uh, uh, and, and then again, Sharon, um, we we took the two-prong approach here, right? Be it in the commercial space or be it in the federal space. Uh, we first focused on building our expertise within a specific industry segment, um, continued to hire uh, people that had the functional experience as well as the technical experience. While we continue to expand our presence within that industry segment, we also, um, you know, because in this 18 years, Sharon, we've mm -hmm. seen it all. We've seen it all, I would say. You know, we've seen uh, government shutdown. We've seen. Sure. Uh, the you've seen the economy go bust. We, yeah. we, absolutely. Yeah. We've seen economic downturn. We've mm -hmm. seen corporations move. Um, you know, it's like the pendulum clock, right? Insourcing versus outsourcing. And then a cherry on the top, right? The pandemic, right? That that hit uh, what 2020, right? So 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 we've seen it all, uh, but because we focused on building our expertise within a specific industry segment and also diversified. Um, right. We've continued to, um, you know, uh, continue to grow. And, you know, uh, because we've seen during these times that there were specific industries which went down, but the others were doing well. And because we continue to invest in people, process and infrastructure to, uh, you know, that really helped us uh, to get to where we are today, Sharon. So um, so and, and that's that's what exactly I tell Sharon, all the companies that we mentor, um, you know, build expertise, expand your presence within that industry segment, but also focus on diversification because, uh, you know, uh, things keep changing. And, and like I said, we've seen it all in this 18 years. Yeah. Talk about, um, and it's so interesting you said that because there's a couple of things I want you to talk about. The business continuity piece, because if you, you started, what, in 2006? 2004. 2004. And 2008, from an IT perspective, is when the economy tanked. IT companies just, they, they just um, failed left and right in some of them. How did you survive that? And then when you talk about reinvesting back into the company and into your people, can you talk a little bit about that, more about that as well? Can you expound upon that a bit? Sure. So Sharon, you said it right, right? That was the time when, um, I, I still remember that day when, uh, you know, I and my team we were sitting down and having conversations with our clients, right? Mm -hmm. All of, we were getting calls left, right and center. They were calling and uh, re not renegotiating the contracts, but they wanted to work they wanted us to work with them. So uh, everywhere, all clients were talking about cost reduction, um, right? Uh, but then but then we knew that time is not here to stay for long. So, yeah. so and we we till date truly believe in supporting those who support us, Sharon. Um, and we we uh, you know took that back to our employee base. We had conversations with our uh, employees. We we told that this has come from the client, um, and together we all sailed through. 
Um, and, and, and you know what, Sharon, clients have seen that. And that's the reason why till date we've not lost any client, right? Uh, we've continued to build that trust, um, uh, you know, with all our clients and we've, we've stood by them during thick and thin, right? So uh, we, we sailed through. I would, I would not say it was easy, but, but would say we sailed through. Um, and, I, we, yeah. and I think, Sharon, we also sailed through because, um, you know, monies earned were reinvested back in the company, right? Yeah. So, so that's why running payroll till date, right, be it running payroll or, be, you know, um, opening up offices in the areas when our clients want us to um, or expanding um, our geographical footprint, all of those has never been an issue, right? Yeah. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to hold up for just a moment because sure. you, you reminded me of something. I remember I was running a software company back during that time and it was the first time we had to deal with layoffs or the threat of layoffs because contracts started, you know, the, the IT um, economic downturn. And that I, I recall that the first thing I had to do to your point, you reminded me of that was to talk to the employees and say that we had to take cuts, everybody across the board. You know, it was either if we all take cuts or we have to start laying people off. And I will never forget that period of time in history, particularly the impact to the IT. And so it was interesting to hear you say that your strategy has always been a couple of things. And I want our listeners to hear that you've said a couple of times now that your vision was to build an enterprise. And I didn't want I don't want that to be lost because I think that to be, you know, your success is, I, I think, directly um, relation, related to the fact you had a vision that you wanted to be an enterprise. And these were hiccups along the way. And so I don't want that glossed over because the reality is that there, you know, there are there the, the lowest lows and the highest highs in terms of their their valleys. And so you were able to recoup during that time because the what I'm hearing because of the relationships you had number one established with your your clients, but secondly internally with those that you had established with 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 your businesses. Yeah, and and our employees too, Sharon. Right? I mean, we are who we are. Employees, today. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we, we are who we are today because of the continued support of our clients. Uh, mm-hmm. Internal and external, our employees uh, who are awesome, right? Who, who, who? Uh, you know, I, I would, I would say this, Sharon. In, in early on, you did say, you know, we are blessed. Truly, we are blessed because we're surrounded by some amazing people uh, who, who, who are very creative. We're very passionate, you know, and and they, the way they, when they work, uh, the attitude is our client's success is our success. Right, as, so when as a culture, as a culture, you've built that. That is, but but uh, absolutely culturally, that's how it is built. But then we've also surrounded ourselves with people who have that mindset, right? Who believe in it, right? Well, and, let me ask you a question, Sharon. When they come to work, yeah. we put the head, yeah. heart, and soul to it, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we've continued to create those magical moments. That's basically because we're surrounded by passionate people backed it with innovative ideas and, and, you know, the support of our clients. A so how do you, all that three is what has led to creating magical moments internally so and externally. How would you advise people to create those magical moments? When we're faced in, in um, an environment right now, you know, the great resignation and, um, it's, you know, people talk about 
the attitudes of, of millennials, you know, how do you create, I love that. How do you create that magical experience for your employees? Yeah, so, so for us, um, even during this phase, we've continued to grow, thrive, and succeed. Sharon, uh, mm-hmm. we, had, uh, we had an awesome record. In, in the month of February, we had 235 new hires. So, so it's, it's been great. A uh, couple of things that we really focus on is, one, uh, continuous touch points with our employees. Um, we have an employee engagement team that, uh, you know, we have leaders who, um, one, we've, we've made sure that all our leaders are real passionate people, because when you have passionate leaders, they will, um, you know, you will see how that trickles down across business units, across different levels. So mm-hmm. one, um, you know, we've, we've invested heavily in people. Uh, second, uh, we, we uh, the, the, you know, Sharon, our growth has, uh, till about last couple of years has been all organic, but for the last couple of years, our growth has been organic as well as inorganic. So, so when employees uh, come join us, um, they have, um, uh, you know, because we have such a large client client base, um, it, when they roll out from one project to the other project, they're never on bench because, you know, we have our employee engagement team having continuous touch points with our employees. Um, and we identify, uh, you know, uh, the, the right project for them uh, before even the one that they're on comes to an end. Right. Okay. So, so it's a smooth transition once they're on a particular project and then they move on to the others. And then the other thing is our retention has been very high, Sharon. Um, and, and our employees refer um, us to other employees too. Right. So, um, so there are a lot of referrals, um, you know, that our clients have referred us to other clients. Our employees um, have been very kind and uh, they've brought in their friends, family, um, relatives, everyone. So um, so we've continued to grow um, even, even during this phase of great resignation. Like I said, just the month of Feb alone, we had 235 new hires. Um, so uh, and then the other thing is, Sharon, like I said, right, we invest heavily in people, process, and infrastructure. But Sharon, we've also, um, you know, the, the one thing that all of us at Amcus believe in is that we all need to be student for life. Um, so what we really emphasize and focus on um, is, is getting our employees certified on newer technologies. And we invest in that. Okay. Um, so, so that is another thing. So one, they have access to the client base, which is, uh, which is awesome. The second thing is we invest in them, right? Because especially from a technology perspective, Sharon, um, it changes. It changes rapidly, right? So, uh, so investing in our employees and bringing them up to speed um, and giving them access to our innovation lab. Uh, Sharon, as you're aware, we have we have our own innovation lab where we help our clients uh, move the needle from ideation to full blown implementation and ideation to commercialization. That's I remember I remember seeing that lab. Yeah, yeah. so at, at your location. And I, but I, the other thing I recall is that you've moved like three or four times because you keep running out of space. And I guess so when you bring on 200 people and you got 2000 employees, let me ask you a question. Sure. So another touch point or another, I guess, um, milestone. Uh, you talked about initially, which is interesting in this area, um, which is, we sit in the biggest seat of government, your first approach was with the commercial sector. Mm-hmm. And then you decided one day, you said, I'm sitting here in the government sector. Why not do that? And so you, you forayed into that, which is, which is awesome. Um, and that still was um, um, in the DMV area. How did you figure out to then, when your growth then took you out of the DMV into, I know that you're in Atlanta, you're in 
Chicago, you're in different places around the country. I wanted to know what was what was that decision point like? And then what was the decision point like when you decided to go international? Yeah, so, so Sharon, I, I would say it's, uh, it, I'm sure you would have seen that in the last 15, 20 years, right, Sharon? Mm-hmm. Uh, clients are no longer procuring goods and services locally. We've seen that needle move from local to national to global. So as and when they moved, we we moved with them, right? So, um, and, and again, uh, we started to expand our geographical footprint. Some of our customer support office centers came through acquisition um, because with acquisition comes people, you know, with acquisition comes the clients and with, with acquisition comes, um, you know, their, their, their centers, right? So, mm-hmm. so for us, uh, Sharon, um, we, we, Early on, knew that if we had to continue to grow, um, then we had to ex- make sure that we expand our geographical footprint as well. Um, so today, we um, have our employees uh, supporting our customers in 48 different states. We pay taxes to over 48 states. Um, eight states. That's right. Um, so, so, um, so, so, yeah. So we have our customers, um, uh, you know, uh, across the U.S. And then mm-hmm. again, they have. Um, their own global centers. So they wanted us to go ahead and help them. Um, wow. Okay. And that's how we've continued to expand our presence, right? Um, and it's all about how can we help our customers um, and provide that 24 by 7, um, uh, you know, uh, support, right? It's it's all about that 24 by 7 uh, delivery approach and support. And, and for that, uh, we had to, um, you know, make sure that we moved um, with our clients of uh, local to national to global. Wow. I must say that journey has been great, Sharon. Yeah. Talk, I want to get into your acquisition strategy in just mm-hmm. a moment. But let's let's now um, talk about the other side of you because you have um, some beautiful daughters. Um, and so how, you know, our, our listeners are, are going... How in the world is she uh, wife, mother, and boss? Um, and tell us how do you how do you balance that? I'll never forget a conversation we had. You were out of town, and your daughter was playing soccer, I think, and injured herself. Yeah. And you were just you were mama bear for sure, trying to figure out how to get on the the first thing smoking to get back to your child. How do you balance that all out and do what you do? Um, so this this is what it is, right, Sharon? Um, people talk about work life uh, balance. I would talk about work life integration, right? Mm, so it, okay. it is. It is I, I think there would be some days when um, you know uh, I know for sure I won't be able to be home uh, that day because uh, you know I would need to be uh, there with my team attending certain conferences or uh, be out there in another state attending some meetings. Uh, but but must say I'm truly blessed because I have a very supportive husband uh, mm-hmm. and the kids too. They've been seeing that um, you know early on, right? And but but the thing that I do is Sharon, I make it a point of being trans with them and sharing the schedule with them that okay hey I just want to just for instance this, this week I'll be in St. Louis this week right on Friday uh, back only on Saturday so already you know inform my uh, daughters and my husband so so I think things work fine um, if they know it up front um, mm-hmm. but they, but they, you know, there have been times when I've asked my daughters this conversation. Do you think, you know, uh, I, I need to be home and I need to take it easy? And they're like, no, you're fine, you know. So, <laughs> so 
<laughs> so I think I've, um, I'm truly blessed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, have have a very supportive husband, a very supportive team. Uh, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, when I can't make it, but they're there. Um, you know, with their head held high, uh, representing Ampis and uh, doing a fabulous job. So, mm-hmm. um, and then again, a great support system. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I call it my tribe, right? Great, great friends, uh, great support from the family. Um, uh, you know, my daughter's nannies who's been there with us for so many years. Uh, she's used to, uh, you know, being home when I take the flight at 5.30 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so Shannon, I think everything is possible if we... If so we, it sounds like you, you surround yourself with a great support structure in order to help you, structure. yeah. Great support structure at home and at work. And at work, uh, you know. I think and that's, that's real key. Request. Yeah, that's that's key, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at times, uh, Sharon, I've also been again uh, the mantra to success is transparency. I've been transparent. There have been times when I've had the conversation with the client that you know that day or that specific week I won't be able to be there. But guess what? You know the team will be there in full space, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'll be jo- joining virtually because then again. Uh, like I said, it's all about work-life integration, right? So, um, uh, you know, I do do take at least uh, two small vacations with my family, and when I'm doing that, I'm I'm there with them 100. percent And and I've, uh, you know, start my day early in the morning at 5:30, and uh, you know, I'm done by 7 7:30. Then for two hours, it's it's with my family, right? And then once they're off to sleep, I'll. I'll kind of sneak in, check if there are any emails or something that is urgent that needs to be taken care of. And um, and then that's it. So I've, I've been able to, let me put it this way, I think I've mastered the art of striking the balance, um, you know, uh, uh, between work and life. So, uh, and, and you know, uh, love it. Oh, that's that's awesome. So that's, that's interesting. So you said you, do you start your day at, at 5.30? In the morning, that's okay, right. Okay, which means you get up at what time? Um, I, I usually I'm up by five five fifteen. Um, okay. And uh, you know, there's so much of reading that needs to be done uh, before mm-hmm. before any meetings or travel and things like that. So carve out some time for that. Uh, carve out about uh, twenty five minutes uh, to exercise uh, because then that's what keeps me going. Um, then I you know wear the mama hat um, you know and uh, make it a point of uh, drop. I I am you know I takes I make some intentional decisions like I I prefer driving and dropping my daughter to school because that is my time, time. With my mm-hmm. daughter right um mm-hmm. and again um as a working mom don't go through that guilt of you know i was not able to spend time with her in the morning so i carve out that 15 20 minutes um you know driving uh, her to school and then from there i'm straight you know out here uh, to work and um mm-hmm. you know, I, I usually leave the office at around 7 seven thirty, and uh uh, then it's time with my family, and then, mm-hmm. then back to you know some some important work, and uh, and call it off my day at around ten thirty eleven. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, just a little bit more about um, your growth strategy. You made a conscious deci- decision in terms of I would imagine in growing the enterprise um, that in order to um, get to a certain size, I would imagine that you look at, I would imagine at some point you look at capital investments, you look at different other strategies and you, and it sounds like you, you grew organically. Um, and then you looking at um, growth through acquisition. Can you talk about what that looks like, feels like um, for, for, for you? 
Yeah, so uh, so like I said, Sharon, uh, for the last couple of years, our growth was all organic, but uh, the last recent few years, uh, what we've done is we've infused in organic growth as well, where we've done strategic acquisition. And the reason for the strategic acquisition was, um, like I said, Sharon, uh, earlier, we focused on building expertise within an industry segment. But then, uh, for example, if we if we take an example of within the banking, financial and insurance sector, uh, we have a lot of great calls uh, supporting uh, the banking and financial customer base. Right. But and, and there were a lot of great projects that we were winning. Uh, there were a lot of MSAs that we were signing in from a human capital management perspective. So both the project side as well as the staffing side. Both of that was growing. But what we saw was that there was a lot of innovation, transformation, and modernization that was happening within the insurance sector as well. Um, so, uh, so, so, so what we were what we were looking at was what can we do in order to replicate that within the insurance sector? And that's why we went ahead and acquired iTech Solutions in 2020, uh, a company that um, provides solutions and services to all the uh, Fortune insurance companies as a prime. Um, so, um, so, so now we were able to. Um, so, so now we have a strong presence within not only the banking and financial services, but also a strong presence within the insurance sector. Uh, with that acquisition came the insurance customer base. With that ac acquisition came uh, very good clients with that acquisition came uh, good people and mm -hmm. because there was perfect cultural alignment um integrating that with our company was 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 easy uh prior to that uh sharon we went ahead and acquired orbit cyber which is uh which is an amco cyber company um we were always focusing on providing it security services but orbit cyber not only focuses on it security but also focuses on ot security which is operational technology um and i think it was perfect acquiring them because um in today's day and age uh look at the percentage of hacks and attacks that's happening right that's i wanted to talk about that as well so Shannon, yeah. just just during the pandemic right if you think right. about nationally and globally if you think about it the percentage of high cyber attacks went up by 300,000 um, percent 300,000 percent absolutely right so mm -hmm. so 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 uh, we were always providing a cybersecurity services, but then it was it was all about okay, what more within the cyberspace can we provide to our existing customers, right? And that is why we went ahead and acquired um, Orbit Cyber. And then prior to that, we acquired Bravens, um, a, a very good company that provides solutions and services to the tech companies. Um, and prior to that, uh, we acquired UTS, a company that focuses on e-commerce. So if you see, all our acquisitions have been strategic, right? With that acquisitions, not only um, have we continued to expand our presence within a particular industry segment, but we've also been able to, um, you know, uh, all, all the solutions and services that we provided to our existing customers, we were able to take that to uh, some of the companies that we acquired and their clients as well, right? So, um, and and again, uh, Sharon, like I said, with acquisition, um, that has also helped us to expand our geographical footprint, right? Because with acquisitions come their delivery centers, with acquisition comes their people. Um, and, and when there's cultural alignment, uh, believe me, that marriage is a perfect marriage and must say all of those acquisitions have been beautiful acquisitions very good people, great clients, um, uh, you know, and, and uh, it's been, it's been awesome. Wow. And here, what, what I can't wrap my brain around with all that you have going on, you still put the kind of love and energy into giving back. 
when I look at um, the boards you sit on, the, the knowledge and wisdom that you share, the care you take to reach back and, and, and pull folks along is just tremendous. Can you talk a little, in our remaining minutes, can you talk a little bit about your philosophy of giving back? Yeah, Sharon, uh, so, so, you know, it's not just me within the company, but all of us at Amcus and Amcus group of companies truly believe in doing well by doing good, uh, right? Doing good for our employees, doing good for our clients, doing good for communities uh, that we live and serve in. Um, so so from, a, from a philanthropy perspective, um, uh, Sharon, we not only do business with other diverse businesses, uh, but we also, um, you know, have have supported several other organizations so that they could go ahead and make a positive impact, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, nationally as well as globally. Um, uh, and I serve on several boards, um, including Capital Region Minority Supply Development. Yay! <laughs> what a great organization, Sharon, and hats off to you. Uh, you've done a fabulous job of running this wonderful organization, Sharon. I appreciate that. Thank um, you. you know, what, what, a, what, a, what a great way of uh, bringing corporations and connecting them to members like ours uh, so that we could, you know, do business with them, right? So, uh, so Sharon, from, uh, from, from CRMSDC alone, right, um, the, the, we do a lot of business with other uh, MBEs um, or wherever and whenever possible. We we are intentional uh, in all that we procure. Um, we we make it a point of uh, procuring goods and services from other uh, diverse companies. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Sharon, in our conversation, I believe when was it a couple of months back, right? We spent over $22 million uh, with other diverse businesses, right? So we're very intentional in all the work that we do. Um, so so because it's, it's all about, you know, helping one another, supporting one another, uh, because together when we all march forward, uh, we will continue to make a, a positive impact, right? So, um, so, so, uh, and then again, Sharon, all of us here uh, with an Amcus and Amcus group of companies, we're not just thinking about today; we're thinking about generations to come, right? So, we invest a lot. Um, in, in mentoring not only startups but also um, you know helping and working with other organizations um, for different programs of theirs right be it um, NMSDC's I program which is emerging young entrepreneur or VBank's SEP which is student entrepreneur program um, so or, or 21st century leaders where we um, and our leaders within the company take the time out to go ahead and have conversations um, with with students, um, you know, we talk about you know why why tech, why it is why STEM is important, right? What are some of the uh, areas that they could focus on, and and also uh, talk about entrepreneurship, right? I think um, it's very very important because uh, again we can't just be thinking about today. We it's very important we think about our future leaders too because uh, they're the ones who would uh, uh, you know be taking it forward uh, in the coming years, right? So um, so so yeah, so they're different ways, Sharon, that we we kind of plug in and uh, uh, try to do um, the best that we can. Uh, but but it's again, it's it's not been uh, I, I would say it's 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 um, all of us working together uh, because we all truly believe in doing well by doing good. OK, now you are our um, as we wrap up Women's History Month telling her story, this has been an incredible, incredible story. Anything that you can share with those um, female um, um, bosses who um, 
are, are looking to to grow an enterprise? You know, is there any it kind of like parting advice? Because part of what you all you just said it reminded me of what I always talk about is business is about relationships and turning those relationships into revenue. And so as you think back over the last 18 years or so, um, is there, you've given us a lot of nuggets, but as you, I don't know if the enterprise is, is you know, how big the enterprise is going to get, but um, as you, as you move forward, um, there is a, 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 a Chinese saying that I've always loved. And it's like, if you want to know what's at the end of the road, ask someone coming back. And as you're coming back down this road, and what would the, your kind of like your parting words of wisdom be to other um, women-owned business owners? Um, so one I would say is, um, you know, uh, I want to leave behind with this quote: uh, "Empowered women will always empower other women." So, mm-hmm. um, so, I, so I, I, I would say that one: uh, continue to empower others, uh, men and women. Uh, second thing is um, uh, the message that I want to convey to, uh, to women is, um, you know, s- s- make sure that you surround yourself um, with amazing people. Uh, right. Um, remember, you're not alone in this journey. Um, so if, if you know, at any given point of time, uh, if there are if you come across any hiccups, talk to other women leaders. Uh, that's what I do. Right. I've always um, you know, made sure that I surround myself with great mentors as well. Uh, pick their brain um, uh, because, again, we don't have to be an expert in all fields. Right. Uh, pick, 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 uh, pick their brain uh, and then march forward. Uh, don't look back. I would say uh, the message that I want to convey to all the women-owned businesses is uh, now is the time, right? Look around. They're members of corporate America agencies and nonprofits are really working hard uh, to ensure that, um, you know, we all women continue to grow, thrive, and succeed uh, in our own fields, right? So uh, surround yourself. Be part of an ecosystem where you have great mentors. You have you surround yourself with good industry leaders, um, and uh, uh, you believe in yourself uh, and march forward positively. Um, and remember, uh, there's lots out there, so keep marching forward because the best is yet to come. Yes, yes, love that. Keep marching forward and believe in yourself. And thank you so very, very much for your time today and your words of wisdom. You're just incredible. You're an inspiration. Um, Thank you for all that you do. um, And thank you for all that I know that you will continue to do. You're awesome. Thank you. Sharon, um, I echo those comments. And I just want to say, I want you to know how much I adore and admire you, salute you for all the great things that you do, Sharon. Um, you know, bringing all companies like us, uh, you know, uh, under one roof and getting us connected to one another. Uh, I, I know, as I serve on the board of this organization, I know how much hours you put in, Sharon. So I salute you for the person that you are. I salute you for all the great things that you do. Um, And here's wishing you and CRMS to see all the very best and lots of success. And Sharon, congratulations on the 50th anniversary. More to come. So let's all work together and celebrate. And uh, wishing you and your team um, the happy 50th anniversary. Thank you, Anne. Thank you very, very much. And ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here and you heard it from Anne Ramakumaran, I'm sorry. Um, And um, as she has given us her time and given us um, how she has been successful. Anne, thank you so very, very much. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you all. So 
Wow, that that was just incredible. And so um, we want to, um, as before we say goodbye, we want to be able to share with you um, and thank um, again, Ann Ramakumaran for her time and effort today, taking time of her busy, busy schedule. But I also wanna thank some additional corporate sponsors if you don't mind. And for those who are just listening to us, let me just run through some that we do have. Um, and that's AARP, Allianz Science and Technology, AT&T, BAE Systems, PWI Thurgood Marshall Airport, the City of Baltimore, DC Department of Small and Local Business Development, um, Dominion Energy, um, the Ellison Group, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FRS, Financial Realty Services, the Hilton, Horseshoe Casino, Lidos, Lockheed Martin, M&T Bank, Maryland Governor's Office of Small Minority and Women Business Affairs, Mass Mutual, McCormick, Northrop Grumman, Parsons, Peapod, Prince George's County Office of Central Services, SAIC, Sodexo, Truist, United States Postal Service, University of Maryland, University of Maryland Global Campus, Washington Gas, Metro, Zillion Technologies, and Zone. And as I shared earlier, and you just heard from Anne, we're celebrating our golden anniversary, and we have a host of events um, in store for you. To learn more about our program, scroll to our website, which is www.crmsdc.org. And lastly, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Our um, moniker is at CRMSDC. And subscribe to our podcast and, and listen to us on Google, Spotify, or Apple. And so, again, it has been a tremendous month as we have told her story. And if you want to re-energize yourself, go back and listen to some of those awesome women um, that you see on your screen that we've had, Ann Ramakumaran, um, the Ellison Group with Nicole Parker, G um, GBL Sales with Jermaine um, Bowles-Leffridge, the president of TV1 and, and um, uh, Clio TV, Michelle Rice, um, Selena Cuff, um, 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 president of um, Sodexo Magic, um, Mercedita, um, Rojas Murray, and April Richardson, DC um, Super Data Cakes and um, Mercedita is Montage Marketing. I'm sorry. And so until we meet again, see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>